Well, amen. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. It's a blessing, man. You guys are, come on, man. We'll be in Genesis. So I did, uh, I did talk to the camp. We got camp coming up. And uh, I think it's a Church of Christ or Church of God. I'm not sure of the camp. Does anybody know what? Yeah, is it Anderson? Okay. So it's a Church of God camp. And uh, they have a building up there which is, needs to be redone, a, a room. Uh, it's about a 40, maybe 30, 35, something by 20, something like that, building. Uh, and they asked, they called and asked if we would be, as a church, take it on. Uh, we're the only group that goes into the camp. I got some paperwork here, but we're the only group that goes into the camp and does work or does a group this size coming in there. So uh, uh, I got a couple guys, Mike, myself, uh, Brother Rich Miller, uh, Brother Brian Berry. A couple of us are looking at it. Joe, Andrew wants to go and a few others uh, and go up there and redo this building. So I'm not sure exactly how, how to do it, but they don't have any money. Uh, so they want us to foot the bill for everything, which is okay. And they said what they could do is if our camp bill is $6,000 a year, they would take 25% off of the camp bill for the next four or five years to, for us to recoup the money back that we would put into it. Uh, we were probably the only ones who, Jerry's over looking at But uh, we're the only ones who use that, that building, but we're going to get to the place where either we're going to have to do this to this camp and help it grow and help it get back into some place where we can use it or move someplace else. And the problem with moving somewhere else is you got to find a campground that is, is, is going to facilitate everybody coming in from distances and also will still accommodate the same week that we have. And nobody wants to give up a, a good quality camp is already booked out for eons anyways. And unless it'd take three, four, five years probably to find a camp that you could get in for that week. Uh, you just, it's not one of those things where you, it's logistic wise you can't move. So we're praying about it. Uh, if we do, we'll go up there. Uh, we're gonna pray about it and probably go up tomorrow and, and redo all the wiring. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> But, but that's how I do it anyways. We get it done. Genesis. Genesis chapter. You, sometimes you, you sit there and look at something and say, look, uh, is it, it's another church. It really isn't uh, us. But uh, there's a working relationship between us and them. And they allow our ladies to come in. Most places won't allow you to bring your cooks in and do all the stuff that we do. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, reasons why uh, I would even consider doing it. Uh, uh, we could put another, we could set it up and probably get another 40 kids in that building. And this year we're going to have probably another 30 or 40 coming. So we're going to need the space uh, and to grow in. We got to have it. And uh, so I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And they'll let, again, they'll let us recoup our money. And if we can get, if the Lord provides, we can get all the pieces and parts that we need, uh, like on Woohoo or something. So we don't have to pay and spend a lot of money for it. But if we go up there and do the power, Mike mentioned a few minutes ago, we can then verify everything. So the next time we go up with a group of men, we'll have all the material we need to just about knock the thing out and, and be done with it. So uh, we could go up on a Thursday or Friday, something like that, and come back on a Saturday. However, however we want to do it is we come up with a group, because uh, I've got some men in here that's pretty good with a hammer and nail, and it won't take long. It doesn't have to be uh, house quality. It just has to be camper quality that's all we care about is camper quality we don't want to overdo anything so anyways genesis i, I'm, I think maybe three three maybe four thousand uh, dollars would do it 
the biggest expense is going to be getting the power to the building. But uh, other than that, I think it'd be good. Genesis, Genesis. If you have any questions, I got a couple uh, extra uh, things here that they said that uh, they gave me to figure out what to do or what needs to be done. And uh, again, he, I was talking to her husband, Keith, yesterday, and he said, look, he goes, if y'all got some better way of doing something, let me know. He goes, we can do it anyway. It doesn't matter. This is just the things we've seen up front. So uh, with that said, with that said, Genesis chapter uh, 24, we're going to start in 37 where I left off. But I want to go back and read 33 real quick. And uh, Eliezer, his, his thought in this whole process, we're down in the middle of this process somewhere. Uh, his thought was to do what God wanted and nothing else. And, and somewhere along the line, let me pray. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, Lord, thank you for a day. Lord, what a blessing it is 2,000 years ago that uh, this day, oh Lord, was the day that you come out of the grave. And early in the morning, uh, Lord, I know it's noontime or it's 11 o'clock here. Father, it's six hours difference. Uh, Lord, you would have been uh, out of the grave six hours ago uh, from where we're sitting right now. But Lord, you rose from the grave and uh, you weren't there no more. And, uh, Lord, uh, you opened up a door for us to, to get into eternity. Anybody who wants to go to heaven can. All they have to do, Lord, is trust in, uh, trust in you, the blood that was shed at Calvary, but the trust, trust in the resurrection. What a day this is. And, Lord, thank you for it. I do ask you to uh, bless the morning services, bless the Sunday school classes. And, Father, again, just thank you for uh, making a way for us, uh, poor sinners, to find a way to get to heaven, Lord. And you did that through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, bless the morning now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Eliezer, everything you read in your Bible, this is a great day. I, I like this day. This, this, uh, is, I feel kind of inadequate uh, at best to do anything on, a, on Resurrection Sunday because uh, he done done it all. I mean, you can't really outdo what Jesus Christ did and you can't make it any better than what it was. It's the best it could possibly ever be. Uh, but he made a way that everything you read in your Bible, what we're reading right now through Genesis, a lot of people, they, their Bible's never really alive to them. They don't understand what this thing is. Uh, this isn't just a book that tells a story of some people's lives and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's not what this is. This is telling you what he did today. When he starts in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, he's telling you what took place today 2,000 years ago. He's telling you that, hey, I'm going to start and I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to come out of the grave. Three days later, I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to open a door. That's what he's telling you from Genesis to Revelation. And if you come to this book and just think it's just a book and that's all it is, you're going to walk away with nothing. But if you come to this book and look at it, that he has a plan that he has set forth that he is following, and today is a piece of that plan. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, this, it, it, it boggles my mind when I pick up this book and everywhere I look, I see him. I can't miss him in this. I can't miss him. Uh, people say, why are you always saying you need a Bible education? Because you need a Bible education. This world is going to constantly attack you and attack you and attack you and attack you. And it's going to come at you from every different angle and try to get you emotionally attached to something or emotionally distraught so you're thinking about something other than him. Uh, the thing that's going on in Ukraine and Russia right now, believe me, it did not sneak up on God at all. Uh, so for me to worry about Russia and Ukraine, I don't even care. I do care, but I don't care. I'm not going to, there's nothing I can do about it except get frustrated. And if I listen to one side or the other side, you know what you're going to do is get frustrated because neither side is doing anything good. I'm talking about in America now, the Democrats and Republicans. Forget about Ukraine and Russia. We're not going to do anything over there because we don't have people in place, men in place to do what they should do. 
So how in the world am I going to get, you know what you need to do? Lift it up to the Lord. He already knows what's going on. And he can take care of every problem. Sometimes he allows things to happen. People say, well, why did so-and-so die? Or why did this happen? Or why did that happen? God allows things to happen. There's a reason. Sometimes it's just nothing more than sin in our lives. We cause the problem, and then we want him to resolve it. Without changing. There's the worst part about it. If, if you come to the Lord, he's willing to forgive and, and have mercy and grace and everything. But if you're not willing to change, you can hang it up. He's not going to do a thing for you. Except let you keep going through what you're going through. So what you do is you say, okay, Lord... I want to change. I want that relationship the way it needs to be. I need to get back the way it was or the way I need it to be. How do you want it to be, Lord? I like Paul. He said, Lord, what would you have me do? That isn't just necessarily going on the mission field. It's changing this thing right here and changing this thing right here. You're going to have to change these things sometimes to get a little bit closer to him. You've got to change them. He can't reveal to us what he wants us to see until we allow these things to be changed. So then you get here in Genesis. And, and in 33, he says, and uh, they set meat before Eliezer. He's getting ready to tell him what's going on. And, and, uh, and he goes, verse 33, and he says, and there was set before him meat, uh, before, yeah, there was set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told my Aaron. And he said, Laban, Laban talking to him, speak on. So uh, Eliezer is starting to tell his story, and he's telling it again. Uh, he talks about Sarah in verse 36, uh, Abraham's wife. Then he's 37, my master, uh, made me swear that thou shalt not take uh, a wife, verse 37, uh, uh, take a wife, uh, let me write that over. And my master made me swear, saying, thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites in, in whose land I dwell, but uh, thou shalt go unto my father, my father's house, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my brethren, uh, unto my sons, or... or Take a wife unto my son. So he wants it from his kindred. Now, if you go over to First Corinthians, let's go to Second Corinthians, really. Second Corinthians, I put a note here. Man, my, my brain is rushing about 35 miles an hour. I'm trying to slow it down. Second Corinthians, chapter 6. I've told people this before, and they just really, they don't want to hear it. Uh, they, ref they, they think that they can figure the thing out on themselves. And what happens is, like I said earlier, we'll get emotionally or, or uh, we'll get, we'll, most of the time in a, in a relationship, it's emotions anyways. We'll get emotionally attached before we realize really what's happening. And it, it'll mess you up in, in that. You have to fight that thing off. Second uh, Corinthians 6.14. The Lord says something right here, and you hear this uh, verse all the time. It says, uh, be ye not unequally yoked. Go back to uh, 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is opened unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Uh, ye are not straightened in us, but uh, ye are straightened in your own bowels. Uh, now for recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye enlarged. Be, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what uh, communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Be Be Belial? Or what part hath uh, he that believeth with an infidel? And, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are, are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, uh, a lot of people say, oh, you're racist. I'm not racist at all. I don't, I don't really care. I've been overseas, and overseas is totally different than it is over here. Uh, so it has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has to do with unbelievers. The key to a, a relationship with God is, is not getting unequally yoked with this world, unbelievers. And what people do is they, I've heard people say, well, what do you think about uh, 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 interracial marriages? Well, I'll tell you what, I've seen Chinese people or Japanese people married to, to Filipino people or Filipino people married to Mary, and it works. It works. They make it work, but they're not unequally yoked. If you're going to unequally yoke yourself, that means that you need to make sure, number one, that the person, I've met some, uh, some good people of different countries that love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart. And I mean, I, I have no problem with that. Now, uh, my, my roommate in Norfolk, Virginia, Eugene Rodriguez tried to get me to marry his sister, or he wanted me to marry his sister. Uh, but she was out of New York, man. I knew that didn't, that was not going to work at all. But she's Puerto Rican. I didn't even care about the Puerto Rican thing. She was a cute girl, everything. But man, you're talking about a hot-headed person. Woo! Her mom was bad, but she was ten times worse. Uh, and but that, but that's just the culture they were raised in. Uh, they were raised in the Bronx in New York. So they jump on a train to go to school every day. Have you ever got on a subway to go to school? I didn't, man. I barely barely got on a bus to go to school. Uh, but they got on, and, and then muggers would come down through there and take all their lunch money. So everybody on the whole subway was full of kids, and they all get their lunch money. These guys, and they just—that's what they were raised in. I couldn't live like that if you asked me to. I just could not do it. And when I started looking at her, I, I thought I said, "Hey, she lives in a different environment than I. I'm not going to knock anything she's doing. I just—I am from Kentucky. I'm a hillbilly. I'm used to doing certain things." And I said, this is not going to work. You know what the Lord was showing me before I even got started? Could this possibly work? Before you even get started, could it be worked? Okay, number one, what do I think and what do I know? What do I believe? So many times we think, oh, if a person looks good, that's the right one. That may not be the right one. That could be a detriment to you. Uh, so you don't do it. You wait till the Lord shows you. You know what Eliezer is doing right here? He's sitting here and, he, and he's looking at the Abraham. And he, and he says, uh, he says, Abraham says, thou shalt not take a wife to my son. Abraham knew it wasn't that the Canaanites was of any uh, ethnic group that he was against. They did not believe like Abraham believed. And he knew that Isaac was not going to believe, they were not going to believe the God of Abraham. So if they're not going to believe the God of Abraham, don't even mess with them. And that's what we do. We mess with, we get our flesh involved and then we start getting emotionally wrapped up before we get to the place where we realize, what am I supposed to be doing? Resurrection Sunday's the day. You know what Abraham was planning back there? Look, the date in my Bible uh, back in Genesis, say right where you're at, is 1857 B.C. That's 1857 years before Christ was born. Abraham was planning for that birth. Abraham was planning for that. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was doing what God said do. He's planning for the resurrection. He's planning for the Lord Jesus Christ to make a way for every one of us to get into heaven. That's what he's doing. That's how important it is for us to do what we're supposed to do. You say, well, my I don't care about my flesh. My flesh does a lot of things, man. But I mean, Lord, 
Have you ever, Lord, I prayed. I prayed for several things in my life, and the Lord said, okay, I'm going to give you that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I now, when I, I feel like he's heard my prayer, first of all, when you get access and you know you got access, and the Lord's listening to what you say, you better watch what you say. It is, oh, it is the most crucial. Now you're in his presence, and you know it's a completely under the throne of grace. That's Hebrews. That means I can come boldly. I can get down here and pray. And sometimes you're going to actually get the access you're looking for. And if you get the audience and you get before the Lord and you make a petition, he liable just to give you that. Yeah. You ever read back over in Exodus where they come out? They see the Red Sea's part. Can you believe? I can't even believe it. I just, I'm like, Lord, I can't even believe. I said, if I was there, I'd probably be one of them that did that. I said, I said that's what people do. I can't believe it's doing that. And he goes, well, you, the Red Sea parted. I mean, I, I think personally it was the deepest part of the Red Sea that it would part it and it was deep. And I heard people say, well, it couldn't have been the Red Sea. It couldn't have been down here because the, the sides of the Red Sea go down too far and they would have fallen down and all crashed at the bottom down there. They wouldn't have been able to. I don't know, God, God's got it. Oh, it has to be a land bridge. You know, God needs help, so he has to find this land bridge across the water somewhere that's already there. Uh, or he made it. Well, why couldn't he make one out in the middle of the Red Sea if he could make that one up there? I, I don't have a problem with anything. I said, I'm thinking the deepest, darkest pit place going across the Red Sea, he split it. And these people walked through on dry ground. They didn't get mud on their shoes. They probably did, didn't hurt them at all. And they walk all the way across, and they get out there, and then he gives them man, and then he gives them this, and then they're belly aching because they, have you ever belly ached? Surely you've never belly ached. I mean, that's us. That's just, uh, that's emotions. We see all this great stuff that he does, and then when it gets right down to it, we forget everything and belly ache. I want quail. I want meat. Well, Moses said, should we take all the, the sheep and herds we got and kill them? And the Lord said, no, I'll provide the thing. And he gives them quail. He said he'd get quail two meters, two, two cubits deep, I think. I've heard people say, well, that's the quail flying up off the ground two, two cubits high. They're like this. I said, you're stupid, man. I said, they're stacked on top of each other. That Have you ever tried to feed two million people? I mean, you know how much quail you'd have to have to feed two million people? But they got what they wanted. And he said, before they chewed it, it was coming out their nose. Now, I don't know about you, but that's almost like vomit. Oh, I shouldn't say vomit. Yeah, I shouldn't say vomit. Vomit, that's, what it's, that's good. They, they were throwing it up, and, and God killed a whole bunch of them. He gave them what they wanted. You know, you got to watch sometimes when you ask for stuff. Why, why am I asking for what I'm asking for? And is it in the Lord's will that, that he, he, am I in his will enough to where I understand what he wants? Abraham is right there. Eliezer is right there. He does not want somebody that's going to constantly. Jacob goes down to Laban. He gets two daughters. Uh, he marries Rachel or Rebecca, no, Rachel and Leah. Uh, Rachel steals her daddy's gods. Rachel's heart never was toward God. And even though she married Jacob, she was a detriment to Jacob. Now, Joseph came out of that. Benjamin got, had a lot of problems. But, but when you sit there and look at all that stuff, Rachel was no, she's worldly as she could be. You know what Joseph did? Well, he went down, first of all, he went down to the right place, but he chose the wrong thing. He went by sight. Sight is not always the best thing to do. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with sight. There's nothing wrong with, if you find somebody that at first you should be attracted to them somewhat, possibly, but, but don't let that be the, the, uh, the, the deciding factor on what you're doing because this world is set up for people to to dress, uh, you go buy the clothes. Uh, we went down to, uh, there's a church sitting down here, a new little church down there. 
they had a little greeter out there and, and it was a little girl, man. She had a skirt like way up to here greeting people. Uh, oh yeah, it's Beth, Beth had turned her head away. And uh, this is in a church. I mean, first of all, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm getting in. I'm meddling, I'm meddling. I better shut up. And my master, verse 37, and my master made me swear saying, thou shalt not take a wife to my son. It's very, very, he, God is very particular about what he's going to get and what he wants. Uh, and he's very particular about what he wants. People mess up, okay? That happens. Uh, what do you do when you mess up? Well, you just you, you say, okay, I messed up, and don't do it again. Uh, that's what you got to do. The, and sometimes it takes a while to figure that thing out. Uh, verse 38, but, but thou shalt go unto my father's house and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son. So you don't want an unbelieving. You want somebody who believes. Uh, if I ask a question to you, and, and that's one, what do you believe? Honestly, what do you believe? Uh, when I, before I met Beth, I said I had a list about 100 miles long. I figured it's going to be this long. And I said, I'm a mess anyways. And I said, I'll never get a wife because I'll never find anybody. Number one, I would never find anybody who could meet that list. Number two, if I could find somebody who could meet that list, they surely wouldn't want me. I didn't think about that. I just thought, that's arrogant on my part. Uh, I'm like, he, and, uh, does, does my list, I mean, if she had a list, would it be that long for me? I mean, really, honestly, when you look at it, we, we do some stupid things. If God is pleased with what he wants you to do, then you don't have to worry about the rest of it. He's got the rest of it figured out. There's no way you're going to figure it out 25 years from, from the day you meet. Me and Beth have been married for 33 years. I could not have figured out any of that 33 years. Uh, possibly some of the Navy stuff, but that's about it. Uh, it just gets crazy. So verse 39, And I said unto my master, Preventure the woman will not follow me. Now, if God's in the thing, it'll work. If he's not, you're going to have to make it work. And if you have to make it work, if you have to change everything in your life for somebody else to get them, uh, they're not worth having. Uh, or you are really messed up. If you're really messed up, change what you got to change. But you ought to be changing for the Lord, not for somebody else. They, they should want you for who you are. You're, I mean, people are precious. I don't, people, I don't think they think they're... I don't want us to think that, oh, we're, we're God's gift to the earth. We're not. But I'm a sinner, just like the next person is a sinner. But in the Lord's eyes, I'm precious to him. And he gives us uh, the ability to change some things in our lives. And the relationship that we could develop with him is much more important than developing a relationship with somebody else. The moment that relationship is developed, guess what it's going to do? It's going to dictate that relationship. Uh, let me get my, my morning message. Man. I, had, I had a quote. I can find that thing, man. Problem is with us today is there's some things we don't have that we need. Let's see if I can find it. Man, I hope I put it in there. It was good. probably find it in the morning service. But it, it has to deal with character. And and character, how you develop character is is completely different than what most people think. Yeah, I, I didn't put it in here, but I was reading it. It was good though. I have to get it during services, during, during services, because it was good. But he's talking about character 
is, is, is a discipline to make character. And, and God can only build your character in your life uh, when he builds it. You've got to let him build it. And uh, if you don't let him build it, then it, it'll never get built. It, it just cannot do it. I wonder if I, hang on. Maybe I put it in here. I know I had it somewhere. It was good, man. I, I was sitting there looking at it and said, this is good stuff. Let me think. Four, five, ten. Yeah, I did. I don't have it. What a bummer, man. That was a really good Here we go. It is here. What do you know about that? Destiny. Rebecca, uh, and down in verse 58, if you go there, it says, uh, and they called Rebecca and said unto her, this is the end of the thing. Uh, will thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Now, that, that's, a, that's a tough thing to do. Uh, you sit there and look at a young lady, and, and uh, here's a guy coming in with uh, 10 camels and a bunch of other people. I had to have some other men with him. And she'd already fed all the camels and watered them, which was a job in itself. And he's sitting there talking to her, and, and she doesn't know anything. And even the, the, uh, where she's going to go and who she's going to go with uh, is not this man. She, this man is going to pick her up and take her somewhere else, to somebody else that she doesn't know who it is. Now, that's pretty impressive. I mean, the guy's got a lot of money. That's a good thing. Back in, if he had a lot of money, that was okay. But that didn't mean the rest of it's going to be there. Destiny, Dr. Ruppman said this, I like this. I don't know where he, if he, this was his or he copied this from somebody else, but I copied it from Dr. Ruppman. Destinies are determined by character. That means Rebecca had some character. She, she already had some character before Eliezer even walked up. And character, which you got to have, is determined by decisions. Your decision process determines your character. If you do something you don't like, but you do it anyways, that's good character. You, if it's right, if it's right to do. Uh, and you say you don't mean Esther get in fights all the time because she'll come home. Well, I don't like that. I'm like, shut up. You're going to eat it. Um, I remember <laughs> I used to tell them all the time when they, uh, Beth would cook stuff on the table. And I said, you're going to eat what your mother put before you. That's it. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Uh, until one day she had these uh, quesadilla things or whatever they were. I forget. Oh, man, they were terrible. And the kids were all looking at me like, Ugh, I'm like, and I haven't even tasted one yet. I, I don't even have seen one yet. And I, I'm sitting there going, you're going to eat what your mom sticks before you. You're going to eat it. You're going to eat it. You're going to shut up or else I'm candy bar the door. I'm coming. And then I took a bite of one. I said, okay, exception to the rule tonight. You don't have to eat what your mother put before you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it is crazy. But character, character, uh, sometimes it's developed in somebody. And uh, Elizabeth, I used to make Elizabeth try to teach her how to eat with a fork because she'd always hold her fork wrong. Uh, who cares how you hold your fork? If you get the food from the plate to your mouth, you've done good. Uh, you can lick it. I mean, God chose, you know, God chose some men that lick uh, water like a dog. That's, he chose the ones, he said, he goes, the ones, who, the ones out there, he goes, I want my soldiers. I, I only need two or 300 of them. Gideon, I only need 300 of them. But those that stick their face down in the water, forget them, we don't want them. We want the ones licking it like a dog. That's what they did. And God chose those people. Why? Because he, there was a quality in those people that he knew that was already developed in their lives that if they did this, then they're looking around. They're not taking a chance of sticking their head down and not watching the, the sword come up behind them and cut their head off. They're sitting there looking like this. I'm, gonna, I'm ready for battle. I'm ready for, you know what the Lord's looking for? Some people ready for battle. Destiny are determined by character. 
People don't get to where they're at because they just made a decision today. It's many, many years. Uh, Bill Gates is that way. If you look at Bill Gates, richest man on the planet today, I think. Uh, who is? Musk? Yeah, Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk. But they're close together. They, they probably hate each other. But, but Gates, if you figured out, if you ever read the story about him, how he became what he is, it was a fluke. It was a fluke. But he was in school learning some stuff. And he was learning some stuff so he could play with stuff. And the things he were playing with was developed by somebody else. And they didn't want to deal, deal with it. So they, Gates started playing with it over here. And the companies came to Gates. And Gates went back to that guy honestly to say, hey, look, this is yours, not mine. You should be the one working with these companies. And when the guy said no, Gates went on and there's MS-DOS comes in, Microsoft. And the next thing you know, we're in Microsoft 11. The guy's a multi-billionaire, $100 billion of dollars is in his pocket. And, and people say, well, how did destiny did not get him there because all of a sudden he just walks into it. Way, 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 way back there somewhere, he was doing stuff that got him one step at a time where he needed to be. And then he got around people that could develop. Destinies are determined by character. Character is determined by decisions. Decisions are determined by affections and ambitions. When you let your affections and your ambitions get in the way, you'll, you can determine a destination that you should not even be going down. What you need to do is know the, uh, the destination that you're going to go down before you even get your emotions and affections involved. Uh, I knew when I got saved on the back porch, I said, I I'm going to serve God the rest of my life. I already knew that. Uh, I didn't know all the ramifications behind that. I didn't know what it was going to cost me to do that. I didn't know how much pain and agony it was going to be, but that's what I said I was going to do. And that's what I did. And I've been doing it ever since. So Rebecca, Rebecca here is making a decision. And she's making a real tough one. And she's going to have to make some tougher ones as, as things go on. But this one right here, she's making, she, the girl's got some character. Uh, and so let's go back to 42. And she's sitting here and, and as, guess what? That's free will. That's you. You know, when you got uh, saved, you had to make a choice. I'm going to, you may not have realized all the stuff that you were going to do when you made that choice, but that background back here, I got saved on the back porch. I was still drinking and smoking and all that other stuff. Uh, drugs were in my life to some degree, not a whole lot, but they were there. Uh, didn't think nothing about it. It's in everybody's life at the time. Probably is even worse today. And I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I'm sitting there going, Lord, this is what I want. He said, okay, first thing that's going on is drugs are going to go away completely. Out they go. He lets me smoke and drink for another four or five years. Four years later, drinking goes out the window. The next year, smoking goes out the window. Five years into this thing, I'm not smoking, drinking, or doing drugs no more. Uh, I was sitting here this morning looking at uh, something from uh, Pacific Garden Missions, and they have lines of people, and, and really, it's a blessing, man. They're feeding people, but if you stop and think about that thing, the lines of people they are out there are just people that their lives have fallen apart because they, and, and you can't blame society on that. It's decisions they made. Now, you can help them, but you know what I found out is most of those people you help, you can never get them out of where the, their mindset is not where it needs to be. You're going to have to go back and break that mindset all the way back down to where God is right, I'm wrong, and the relationship is right here, and God can now start changing that life. If we, you know, we've, I've seen parents do this. I don't do this. I try not to do this. I try to stay out of it. Uh, my kids come up to me. If they need something, they're on their own. If they can't develop something themselves, that's tough. If they want to borrow something, I can help them. Uh, but, I mean, you, you've got to sit there and watch sometimes. You help somebody, and you'll never solve their problem. All you're going to do is continually help them and continually help them. You're not solving the problem. 
Uh, we're not we're not ready to identify the problems in life, and that's what I was looking. I seen that at their kitchen they got to, they they feed all kinds of people. They were talking about how many hams, and how many turkeys, and everything else they're going to do for Easter. That all emotionally uh, sounds great, but when Noah was in the ark and they shut the door, there's millions, if not billions, of people on the outside. Every one of them died. I'm sure Moses or Noah was a. a was emotionally distraught about that. God wasn't. He gave them all a chance, and they refused to do it. Brethren, if, if a person's not going to, Rebecca was ready before Eliezer ever got there to do something that was phenomenal. I'd say phenomenal. It was great. It wasn't just, you, gotta, you can't ever get to the place where you shut God out, and all the options are off the table except what you want. What you got to do is you got to be ready at all the time. You know where missionaries come from? We got this boy right there, young man in our church that his dad was a missionary. He was on the field with him uh, in Ukraine. And they did what they could do. And they were there, what, 27 years, 28 years? 30. I think my dad's been there for nearly 30 Okay, 30 years. You said, what would drive a young man? And he was a young man, and him and his mom was a young man when they were down school with us. What would drive a man to do that? Just up and, and chunk everything and go on a mission field to Ukraine or anywhere. I got another friend that's over in uh, Africa right now, uh, Mike Dobbins, and he's been there. We were in class together. He's been there ever since. I'm like, what would drive somebody? They're, they never shut the Lord down. You know what Dobbins did? Dobbins, when he was out uh, in Arkansas, which was a bad place to be anyways. That's where Bill Clinton came from, I think. Uh, President Bill Clinton. I'll give him the credit. But he came from way out there somewhere, and uh, Dobbins was doing everything that he was doing in Bible college and everything he's doing now, he was doing when he was a kid. That wasn't something that he did. He, he delivered papers. You want some character? Get a paper out. Or go out and get a job that doesn't pay you nothing, and it's a filthy job. Go out and do that, and just do it. Uh, you know what that'll do? That'll, that'll build some character in your life. This girl has some character. You know how you know she had character? She went out there and fed all the camels. When somebody walks into the church, are you the first one back there shaking their hand? Well, that's a pastor's job. <laughs> there's a problem. If you, didn't, if you didn't see that problem right there, then there's the problem. You have no character. You say, why? Because you're willing to be the servant. Why do you think Dr. Peacock preaches on uh, the towel and the, the feet washing thing? Exact same thing. Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, got down and washed the devil's feet. He knew Judas was going to be the devil incarnate. There he is right there, and he washed his feet, along with Peter that was going to deny him. And exactly what was going on. Brother, it's a servant. you got to have a servant to attitude. i got five minutes. Jerry's getting ready to four minutes, so he's going to ding me. Don't forget. <laughs> All right, back to this. We'll never get out of this thing. But this is a clear type of the beloved son. Uh, he says, uh, he says a, a wife for my son and my kindred and my father's house in verse 40. Uh, he goes, and if she won't come, he says, then shall thou be clear from, the, from this my oath. It's a free will thing. Uh, anybody who says that uh, salvation is not free will, they're, they're not reading their Bibles at all. Uh, even the Lord, when he wanted Rebecca, and he knew Rebecca was going to be Isaac's wife, that was the couple he wanted. Rebecca could have refused if she wanted to. You'd say, well, the Lord knew, well, yeah, the Lord knew from the foundations of the earth, world what Rebecca was going to do. That's not Calvinism. He knew what she was going to do, but that was her choice to do it. He already knew the outcome. Uh, brother, he knows, oh, man. Where, where is it? Oh. 
Dude, dude, dude. Talking about the book. Man, this book is crazy. Man, this, is, this is an insane book. I, I, sometimes it just, it, I read it and I get lost in it because of all the stuff that goes on in the book. Let's see if I can find it. Oh man, I'm in the, I'm way out there somewhere. I read, I read my Bible in my other, other book. Give me just a second. I need to mark in here. I got a Bible that at home that I just read out of. But Jeremiah was talking. And, it, and the Lord's sitting there saying, you know, you, you limit him. You, we limit him in what we're doing. But he says, I see everything. I see it all. I see everything that you could possibly see. You can't hide nothing from me no matter where you go. You're not going to hide. You can go under the rocks. You can go anywhere you want to go. Back to Genesis. You can do whatever you want to do. You're not going to get away from me. I know what you're going to do before you ever do it. And if you do the right thing, that's because somewhere back in your life, somewhere character was starting to be developed there. And you, you've heard something. And here's how you develop character. You hear something. You can be all messed up and screwed up, and that's okay. But you got to hear something and realize that you're the problem. 99.9999999% of the time, you're the problem. Not, not me. Uh, if I look at somebody else, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I'm always the problem. I feel like it's me all the time. It's me. It's nobody else. I've had preachers come and say, Mike, quit taking the blame for everything. It's simple to do. If I take the blame, I'm done with it. What, what part did I have in this mess? If I had some part in this mess, then I need to own up and, and own what the mess I made is. Then what I can do is I can correct myself. I can't correct anybody else. But I can correct myself and develop myself the way the Lord wants me to develop. What you're doing at that point is somewhere down the road, down the Lord's going, that's what Rebecca did. Somewhere down the road, the Lord's going to start working in your life. And when he does, you're going to start understanding exactly what he wants, not what you want. Sometimes your wants and his wants will line up, but sometimes they don't. And you've got to have enough character, though, you'll go away from them. Like, one minute, Jerry's going to ding me. I know he is. He goes, but he told him, he said, if she will not come. You know what a lot of us do is, is the Lord tells us what to do, and we just won't do it. He tells you what to do, but it's just too hard. I can't do it. Oh, I've got to ride a camel. Can you imagine Rebecca looking at the camel and saying, man, I've got to ride a camel. I wonder which camel. He's probably going to put me on the one that's worse. Probably the, the most uncomfortable camel that you could probably put on. He's going to throw me on a camel. No, uh, Velizer came all that way. He's probably got the special camel for her. And he's got the special little everything and the nice padding and everything else that she can ride all the way back. But she could have come up, well, all my friends are here. I don't, I've heard kids say, well, all my friends are at school and at the school I go to. Who cares? You know what you do? You find out in life you'll have lots of friends, man. I've got friends everywhere. Uh, I've got enemies everywhere, too. Uh, and guess what? If they're really your friends, they'll be there when you get back. So you don't have to worry about that thing. But, but he's telling him, he says, look, Abraham's saying, if she will not come, then you're free from the oath. The Lord, not did, over, the Lord did not override Rebecca's free will. Uh, free will, and I'll be done right here. One minute. Look at this. I knew Jerry would do that. The power of acting without constraint of necessity or fate. The ability to act on one's own direction. What the Lord will do is give you a direction. You have to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've done that for 43 years. I've watched different things. Have I done the right thing? All the, Nah, probably not. I get to heaven. He says, well, you should have went this way. But since you didn't and you went this way, I knew your heart was right. So down the road somewhere, I made another way for you to come back this way and get you right back where you need to be. Uh, it would be really nice if we could just say, 
What is the Lord's will for my life? And then you hear this, it is to do what I say. I mean, Moses had it. I wish I had a fiery bush I could go talk to. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be great that in your backyard you have a bush that's out there burning all the time and it never burns up and you can just go out there anytime you want to and say, hey, Lord, what? take your shoes off. It's holy ground. Okay, okay, I got that. Maybe after a while I would learn to just come up barefooted and not, not have no shoes on and learn something. You know, okay. Then you get in front of him and he tells you what to do. And you do it. That's what Moses did. But see, you always don't, it don't work that way because Moses, he said, hit the rock. He did it. Then he said, hit the rock again or talk to the rock. And then he hits it again. Some, sometimes, you know, anger, emotions get involved and you make the wrong decision and it costs you out there somewhere. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, it's going to cost you. And uh, they didn't want to believe me when I told them that. And it's now it's costing them. And, and I've seen people over 43 years. And I've seen things in my life where it cost me because of a decision I made. I've learned through, the, through those trials. Trials are great, by the way. I got to stop. It's, trials are great and tribulation is great because you learn through it. You learn. If you learn, if you're willing to learn through that, what it's going to do is it's going to make a better man or woman out of you. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Thank you for, uh, I thought I was going to get a lot further through this than I did, but uh, Lord Rebecca.